Uh, someone asked me, it was probably about a year ago, have you ever noticed how often on a Sunday morning surf is really pumping? <laughs> and my answer to that question is twofold. Uh, one is, yes, I have. I go past on the way here to I go past Cooper Street and schools to get here. And uh, the second part of the answer is, so what? Or in, uh, in biblical Greek, it's translated thrills for noddy. Because in, act, in actuality, there are people in the world and through history that have made a far greater sacrifice in worshipping Jesus than missing out on a surf on a Sunday morning. Uh, for instance, two weeks ago in Egypt, in two places, two towns, uh, two churches were bombed on Sunday morning. We have the pictures up here. So one was in Cairo, I think, and one was in a town called Tonta. Uh, 47 died and many injured uh, in order for them to, to worship God. So... <clears throat> John's going to come and read. We're going through the book of Corinthians. We're up to chapter 15, verses 35 to 49. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 35 to 49. So um, John and Sarah, they are in Tauranga, have a real big house. We'd love you to come and stay. If <laughs> These are great friends. They were at Bible college with us and been wonderful friends to us. Lovely to have you back. Thanks, Carl. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And star differs from star in splendor. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, perishable. it is raised imperishable, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first, <clears throat> the first man Adam became a life-giving being, the last Adam a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Thank you, John. Uh, so we're going to 
We're going to play a clip of, uh, he is a Coptic priest. So there were churches in, in Egypt in the first century. Uh, probably not until the third century were there churches in England. So they have a, uh, a longer tradition of the Christian faith than we do. Uh, about 10% of Egypt are Christian. And so after the bombings, um, one of the, the Coptic priests, uh, he had, had a message. And so he's going to, um, we're going to play this and Shah's going to read it as well. <laughs> والله طويل الأناة ولكن عندما يغضب The first thing we will say is thank you very very much and you won't believe us when we say it you know why we thank you I'll tell you you won't get it but please believe us you gave us to die the same death as Christ and this is the biggest honor we could have Christ was crucified, and this is our faith. He died and was slaughtered, and this is our faith. You gave us, and you gave them to die. We thank you because you shortened for us the journey. When someone is headed home to a particular city, he keeps looking at the time. When will I get home? Are we there yet? Can you imagine if in an instant he finds himself on a rocket ship straight to his destination? You shortened the journey. Thank you for shortening the journey. We thank you because you gave to us to fulfill what Christ said to us. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. We were lambs, our only weapons, our faith and the church we pray in. I carry no weapon in my hand. We are so grateful that you helped us fulfill this saying of Christ. Thank you for helping us achieve our goal. You're helping us, and you don't even know it. I know you don't understand, but I'm trying to explain it to you. There are people we visited at home to encourage them to come to church three, four, five times. Still, they won't come. What you're doing here, you're bringing to church the people who never come. Believe me, it's bringing to church the people who never come. People who were living in sin and away from God after the bombing of St. Peter's Chapel in the cathedral They were saying, you never know when your number's up. Better take care in our spiritual lives. All these visitations we do, you're so much more effective. You're filling up our churches. You're filling up our churches. Let's speak plainly here. Usually attendance at the eve of Monday Pasha is very little. People are usually so tired after a long Palm Sunday liturgy and the general funeral, and they don't come to the eve of Monday services. When I came in tonight, there were people on chairs outside the sanctuary. There were people in the balcony seating. The church was completely full. There isn't even one empty nook. Thank you. We're so grateful that you're helping fill up the churches. When you do this, you irritate the soul of the person who was lazy before you. You wake his conscience and the love of God within him prods him to come to church. Can you see why we say thank you? We're not being deceptive. A priest holding a microphone can't lie to you. I say to you, thank you. Thank you for all you've done for us without even noticing. We love you. The second part of the message we want to send to you is that we love you. And this, unfortunately, you won't understand at all. Maybe you won't believe us when we say we're grateful. But this, you won't even understand. Why won't you understand it? Because this, too, is a teaching of our Christ. I want to explain to you about our Christ. I want to tell you about how wonderful he is. 
See what Christ said. If you love those who love you, you have no profit or reward with me. Even thugs and thieves love those who love them. Any gang loves its members. Even the drug dealers all like each other and take care of each other, right? But I want to tell you that if you love those who love you, what reward have you? But I say to you, love your enemies. We Christians don't have enemies. We don't have enemies. Others make enmity with us. The Christian doesn't make enemies because we are commanded to love everyone. And so we love you because this is the teaching of our God, that I'm to love you no matter what you do to me. I love you very much. And I want to say one last thing to you. We're praying for you because the one who told us to love you told us to bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. So my instructions from my loving God make it my duty to pray for you. In one of the dioceses, there is a bishop. In that diocese, there is a man who gets on the microphone every week to say terrible things about Christians, unheard of things. So the servants of the diocese are hearing this man and are so upset. We can't do anything to this man. He's just taken a vow to curse us. Every Friday he comes out and curses the Christians. So the bishop is sitting with his servants and he asks them, Are you upset by what this man says? And they say, of course, we're so upset. What's he doing to us? The bishop gets quiet and his face darkens with sorrow. The servants say to him, you have a right to be upset from what he says. Your grace, you have a right. I'm not upset with him, the bishop says. I'm upset with you. You are the servants. You. How many of you pray for him every day? Because if he tasted of the love of God, if he knew who our Lord is, He would never hate again because God is love. How many of you are praying for him? Aren't you the servants? Aren't you the Christians? So you are a servant teaching in the Sunday school here and you've broken the commandment of Christ to pray for this person. So what do you think? How about we make a commitment to pray for them? Pray that they know the God of love. Pray that they experience experience the love of God because if they knew that God is love and experienced his love, They could not do these things. Never, never, never. They are a wretched lot, and because they are wretched, we must pray for them. But when someone loves God, he won't know except love. We need to pray for them so they can sleep at night. A person who has all this inside them, how can he sleep comfortably? Can you imagine? We are being slaughtered, and the King of Peace gives us peace to sleep. And the one who slaughters, all night he can't sleep. You know when this happens in the Bible with Daniel and the king, Daniel is put in the lion's den and he stays up all night praising God and praying for the king. And the king is up all night tossing and turning, unable to sleep. Pray for them. Take it as a command. Take it as a duty. Take it as the application of Christ's instructions. We must all pray for them today that God opens their eyes and opens their hearts to his love. Because if they knew him, they could never do this. I don't want to take too long. God comfort us. God give us understanding. God give us joy because Christ's promise is truth. He said, I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. I'm embarrassed to say at the beginning of Holy Week that the church, though she is in pain, rejoices because today, and I don't know what the final death count is, they said 40-something, And of course, many in the hospitals will catch up to them. All of these are crowns. They are rejoicing with God. And they will attend the resurrection up there. 
and they are praying for us. The rest is on us, O you lucky, lucky ones. And until it is our turn, to our God be the glory now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. And we do, uh, we do pray. We pray for those uh, that hate us, those that hate Christians. Lord, we bless them in your name, as you said to do. Lord, that they would, would know you, know you through the fullness of Jesus. And we, uh, we pray for our brothers in Egypt and other places that um, undergo incredible trials incredible trials and persecution in order to worship you. And uh, Lord, we stand with them. Help us to, um, to, to not uh, take our light in momentary troubles, uh, make them more than they are, a sacrifice more than we are, they are, but to, um, to shoulder it and to be grateful for your sacrifice to us we ask, Lord, you speak to us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say this morning that, that we're living in twilight. We're living in twilight. You know, twilight's a combination. It's a combination of at least three things. Of, of night, of moonlight, and of sunlight. Night, moonlight, and sunlight. Te pōr, te and Paul here in this chapter is finishing off a huge discussion on resurrection. Chapter 15 of Corinthians is the third largest, uh, third longest chapter in the New Testament. Mostly about resurrection. So it's really, really important to, to Paul, the writer, and to us. And tricky thing for him and us is this act of of living in twilight, living in two worlds where there's both continuity and transformation going on at the same time. Continuity and transformation, it's like twilight. Just as the sun is about to rise and, and there's, a, there's also remnants of the night. Night is talked about in verse 42. It talks about death, perishing, dishonor, weakness, in a, a natural body that originated out of dust and, and this old body seems to want to return to it. Um, ever noticed how your body is not as good as it used to be? You notice that on 50. And uh, sprains and pains and sore backs just seem to take longer to come right. Uh, getting down to the ground and getting back up again, it, it's harder <laughs> I played my my last game of rugby, I think it was 2002, I was 35 years old, and I played, and I scored a try, and um, and that night we were going out for dinner, Shara and I with some, some friends, and um, the euphoria of scoring a try um, kind of started to wear off in my my ribs were really, really aching. And uh, we had dinner, and Shark told me off. He said, you were really, really quiet. You hardly said anything. I said, I, I couldn't say anything. I was so sore. And our bodies don't last forever. Bodies don't last forever. Uh, gravity is real, even with our bodies. Um, 
when, <laughs> when we were in Af- Africa learning the local language for full day, and um, our host in the village, we'd go out there sometimes and ask him about different words and phrases, and I says, um, tell me the difference between um, a surubajo and a debbo. Uh, surubajo means teenager, and debbo, a teen, uh, surubajo is teenage uh, girl, a female girl of teenage age, and um, debbo is a woman. And I asked, hey, you know, what's the difference between surubajo, teenage girl, and woman? He says, uh, inan surubajo. Inan surubajo, inan debbo. Our bodies don't last forever. They, they perish, they wear out. Gravity takes place. Um, but this passage is more subtle than just the, the wearing out of our bodies. It's about life to death and death to life. For the followers of Christ, we go through a transformation. In fact, as we, we pass through into death and next life, is both that that continuity and the transformation. Paul describes it with the picture analogy of a seed, a seed changes and produces a plant, and one leads to another and, and it dies, leads to the plant, but it's not the same. And it's the same for us in resurrection. Jesus is an example. You know, as Jesus was resurrected, there were times that he was visibly recognizable as the human Jesus. But also, at the same time, he was different. He had some scars, but not that total disfigurement that he had on the cross. Uh, He could be touched, but at the same time, he could move through walls. So we see, even with Jesus, that that uh, continuity and transformation going through resurrection. So there's the night, and we can be too dark about the night. We can be too dark about our failings and our errors and our sins and our defeats and our perishing as we march towards death. And our night is real, their night is real, but there's more. There's also moonlight in the twilight. Verse 49, and a tricky part of verse 49 is it can be and has been interpreted in two ways. It can be interpreted, so let us bear the likeness of the man from heaven, Jesus. So it's like a present encouragement. Let us bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Or can be interpreted, we shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven. So that's more like a promise for the future. And both possibilities have scholars that back them. And the rest of Scripture supports both. E.g. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We are being transformed into his likeness. What this is, is reflected light. Reflected light, like moonlight. Moonlight. You know, moonlight is reflected light. The moon has no light of its own. 
It reflects the light from the sun. And so not only is there night and twilight, there's also moonlight, reflected light from Jesus, from the sun, S-O-N. I grew up in a Christian family and had quite a number of of non-Christian mates. And every now and again, one of them would say, you know, Carl, there is something different about your family. And what there was, was moonlight. There was something kind of glowing, shining from our family. And um, that really helped me as a, as a teenager when I went through a bit of confusion about the faith. Um, Shah, on the other hand, she grew up in a non-Christian family. And at her workplace, there was a, they, it was a typing pool, basically, and there was a lot of backbiting and diddling of the time book and slander of the bosses. But one lady shone out who was a Christian, Monique, and basically she asked, there's something different about you, what is it? And see, what that was with Monique was moonlight, reflected light of Jesus. And we're living in twilight, combination of night and moonlight and also sunlight. Sunlight, like in the twilight, you know, just as that sun's coming up, you, you get hints of the coming dawn. You get hints of the brightening of the sky and the change of color. And about to change everything. 49. We shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven. One of my children has made a, a wish list of things he would like to have. And what I, what I want him to write is a wish list of what he would like to be. You know, and this is what excites me about the afterlife. And, you know, even Revelation talks about uh, streets paved with gold. And, and that's wonderful. That does indicate the glory and splendor and perfection that will be involved in heaven. But what really excites me is that as I uh, get transformed through resurrection, I'm going to be like him. I'm going to be like Jesus. That's what we're heading towards. I don't know, does that excite you? That excites me, that I'm being transformed, and I'm going to be transformed to be like Jesus. Sunlight. You know, the night will go, the tears will go, the death will go, the bombing will go, the blood on the pews will go. And the moonlight will change into full-on sunlight. And we will be like him. Kamoa no kiatata te ahua o to te rangi. We'll be like him. We'll bear the likeness of the man from heaven. But we're living in twilight. There's a combination of night and of moonlight and hints and hope of sunlight. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Let's pray. And maybe we'll have the worship team up again. And Yeah. Let's stand up, eh? Hmm. And
And we do, we do thank you, Lord. We do thank you, Lord. And that uh, even in the night, with the tears and the troubles, that even in the night you said you'd be with us. We thank you for the moonlight, those, those things that we see reflected at times of, of you shining out of people. And Lord, we thank you for the hope we have in the sunlight to come. And uh, well, what's coming? And most of all, that you've said that you're going to change us to be like you. Hallelujah. And help us to stand firm as we, uh, as we live in the twilight, as we live in that combination, that uneasy combination of what, what is real and, uh, and what is to come. Thank you, Lord, that you said you'd be with us. Hallelujah. Praise your name. And um, people here would love to pray for you uh, as we finish off about anything about what was said today or anything else. People here would love to pray for you. So um, maybe Bay and Jem and the Yorks will pray so you might get some of the others as well. Lord bless you.